Ion 2020, episode 40. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Welcome to Eye on 2020, your source, your place to find all of the news and related events leading up to the election in November of 2020. I am your host, I'm Ray Eaton, and uh, just wanted to let you guys know that I'm here for you to find all the news and all the uh, information that's going to be going on for this 2020 election. Uh, really important, you know, this is... Uh, as they say, the most important election of our lives. I'm just kidding. I don't take. I never take that very seriously. Um, but you know, it's it's really nice to know what's going on with these candidates, especially with this. You know, I take everything from a libertarian perspective, right? This is uh, the libertarian look at the 2020 election, and I'm looking at all of the candidates. I'm looking at Democrats, Republicans. I'm looking at. Um, Green Party, any party really. You know, if you're running for president, might as well uh, do a quick episode about you and show you a little bit about, or and show my, you know, listeners a little bit about what what you believe if you're listening. So, um, I'm not going to be doing interviews or anything like that with these candidates, especially like the smaller candidates and so forth. Obviously, I'm not going to get Donald Trump on my show, and I'm not going to be getting, you know, Elizabeth Warren or anyone like that. So because um, I'm taking a libertarian look at these people, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm, you know, filter everything through a libertarian perspective, and that's that's what I'm going to do. So uh, my name is Ray, and I'm your host, and I appreciate you listening today. I really, really do. Um, I've noticed more and more listeners to these shows. I'm getting more more downloads every single day. One of my f- one of my shows that's gotten the most downloads so far is the one about the zillion-dollar uh, Green New Deal think I might have did a pretty good episode there if you want to go back and listen to that as well. Um, no, I really appreciate that. Go back and listen to more of my shows. Uh, you know, I the the first ones might have been a little bit rough. I I won't even I mean I I won't even go back and listen to those so you don't have to as well. Um, the first show I did was about Elizabeth Warren and uh, you know really echoey and stuff. I didn't have very good sound quality at that point at that point. But things have gotten a little bit better. You know, I feel a little bit more comfortable behind this microphone now and that's good. So if you can go ahead and subscribe to the show while you got a second, right? Might as well. You to listen to this show. And if you like what you're hearing, you might as well uh, listen tomorrow too. So if you subscribe, it'll hit your podcatcher. I'm on Apple iTunes, I'm on Stitcher, I'm on uh, Google Google Podcast, just about any podcatcher that's out there, and I do record on Anchor, right? So um, it's a very useful podcatch or podcast making app, and it works really well, and I like it. And uh, they also, you could also listen on Anchor as well. So all you gotta do is put an eye on twenty twenty, and you'll find me. Appreciate listening, though. I really do. If you do subscribe, you might want to go ahead and rate me and review me as well. If you want to review me, hopefully you'll give me a good review. Um, and if you're going to rate me, you might as well give me a five stars, right? If you like what you hear. Um, 
And if you want to follow me on Facebook, not on Facebook, sorry. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. And that is at I on the Empire. I say I on the Empire, uh, not I on 2020. And the reason why is because I like the idea of uh, looking at the entire empire through my Twitter feed. And that would be foreign policy. That would be... uh, you know, national defense, that would be anything that goes on within the country as well as the politics that are going on as well. Uh, what is your government doing on a daily basis? That's what we're looking at, right? So, uh, but anyway, today, what I want to look at is Elizabeth Warren. My first show was all about Elizabeth Warren, and there wasn't a lot of information out there about her at that time because she had just announced not that she was running for president, but she was going to be. Um, putting together an exploratory committee is what it said. So I went, I went out and I found, not, or at the time I found not too much on her, but now she has her website up now that she's officially running for uh, president. And I wanted to go over her website a little bit. When you first come on to the website, you know, they're always trying to get donations from you and stuff, right? Donate 10, 25, 50, or $100. But then if you get into the issues, that's the, that's the thing that's most important. Because none of these, I, what I want from a candidate is I want to see clear issues so I can look at them and determine whether I, whether I like what they're saying or not. Um, <clears throat> so what she says is on her issues page, it says, what will Elizabeth Warren do? This is the fight of our lives, the fight to build an America that works for everyone, not just the wealthy and well-connected. It won't be easy, but united by our values, we can make big structural change. We can raise our voices together until this fight is won. And when she says big structural change, she's talking about big structural change, and we'll get into that some more because she hints at a lot of these things um, in her in her policies, what she was talking about. So her first thing that she says is end Washington corruption. She says, Washington works great for the wealthy and well-connected, but it isn't working for anyone else. Companies and wealthy individuals spend billions every year to influence Congress and federal agencies to put their interests ahead of the public interest. This is deliberate, and we need to call this what it is, corruption, plain and simple. That's why Elizabeth has proposed the most ambitious set of anti-corruption reforms since Watergate to fundamentally change the way Washington does business. She says, we'll start by ending lobbying as we know it by closing loopholes so everyone who lobbies must register, shining sunlight on their activities, banning foreign governments from hiring Washington lobbyists, and shutting down the ability of lobbyists to move freely in and out of the government jobs. We will also shut down the revolving door between Wall Street and Washington and permanently ban senators and congressmen from trading stocks in office and from becoming lobbyists when they retire. Not for one year or two years, but for life. We will make the justices of the Supreme Court follow a code of ethics and strengthen the code of conduct for all judges to make sure everyone gets a fair shake in our courts. We will force every candidate for federal office to put their tax returns online. Together, these sweeping structural changes will end the dominance of money in Washington, taking power away from the rich and powerful and putting it back where it belongs, with the people themselves. Now, that sounds all beautiful and dandy when she says all that, but I heard this said today, and I hear it said all the time, if 
you want to take away power from the lobbyists, if you want to end corruption in Washington, you need to take away the incentive that they have. And what that incentive that they have is the handouts and the money that Washington has, right? The ability for the tax incentives, the ability for um, the Congress people to issue money, like issue, um, make laws and so forth, right? That are going to impact these specific businesses and these specific constituencies, right? Uh, the less the government does, the less likely there's going to be corruption when that because there's not going to be a need to go to Washington to try to lobby. But what she wants to do is keep all of the existing government that we have, but put rules on the lobbyists and put, um, just, you know, make structural changes within that system, which that's fine. But if you want to really get rid of the corruption, because there's always going to be that corruption, no matter how many rules you pass and so forth, there's going to be behind the scenes ways, there's going to be unintended consequences, unintended ways around these laws, right? And then you're just going to have it go even further into the dark. So if you take away the power from Washington, um, then you're going to have less of those, those lobbyists because there's going to be less money to go around for these lobbyists to try to vie for. Um, so I like the idea. I do. I like the idea of ending corruption in Washington. I just don't think that her way is the way to do it because she's not addressing the root cause of the corruption. She's just um, putting band-aids on it, essentially. All right, her next statement is she's going to rebuild the middle class. Okay. She says, rebuild the middle class. After decades of largely flat wages and exploding household costs, millions of families can barely breathe. For generations, people of color have been shut out of their chance to build wealth. It's time for a big structural changes to put economic power back in the hands of the American people. That means putting power back in the hands of workers and unions. It also means transforming large American companies by letting their workers elect at least 40% of the company's board members to give them a powerful voice in decisions about wages and outsourcing. I'm going to stop right there. It says, it also means transforming large American companies by letting their workers elect at least 40% of the company's board members. So, I just don't... I mean, that would be, that would force what, I just don't know how they would do that. Are they going to pass some sort of law that says that all, all corporations have to run in a certain way like that? I guess the government is the one that makes corporations what they are, right? So they could kind of pass what laws they want to. And I'm not, you know, a corporate show by any means, but, um, you know, changing the rules of the games, like game like that is definitely uh, something that, I mean, it's something that I don't, I wouldn't support anyway. So, um, by letting, because you're using force at that point, right? They're already existing businesses. Um, they're publicly traded companies. And by doing that, it would just disrupt the entire, the entire system and elect at least that making the, making so the American workers elect at least 40% of the board members. Um, that's just take. I mean, there are there are currently privately owned companies, but there is also employee owned companies. If you look at Publix, which is a huge brand in the Southeast, um, these are these are employee owned companies, right? Um, 
employees are paid stock options and stocks and things like that as part of their compensation package for the year so they can build up that stock over time and then sell it back to the company when they retire. They make dividends and things like that. And they have voting power. I mean, technically, I have voting power in any business that I own stock in, right? Um, I don't have it enough that will make much of a – much. No, I won't have enough to make much of a change in a business by any means, but um, that's all. I think what she's getting at is forcing businesses to make, you know, corporations be a a company or or a worker owned, I guess. I don't know. Um, It's definitely a socialist idea, and that's what it really gets down to. Um, So then it says, she goes on. As the wealthiest nation in the history of the world, we can make investments that create economic opportunity, addressing rural neglect and a legacy of racial discrimination if we stop handling our giant tax giveaways or handing our giant tax giveaways to rich people and giant corporations and start asking the people who have gained the most from our country to pay their fair share. So they want the rich to pay their fair share. You've heard that a hundred thousand times in your life, I'm sure. Um, by candidates that the rich aren't paying their fair share and uh, you get into that I mean you, we could get into that idea that the rich aren't paying their fair share but they do pay quite a bit of the uh, the taxes in this in America I think you know the top 10% pay you know somewhere around like 60-70% of the taxes in America um, but that's not even a that's not even my point that I ever bring up whenever I'm talking about this issue because I don't think that the government has the right to confiscate anybody's wealth in the first place. Um, Now, having tax advantages for corporations and not having tax advantages for regular people, I think none of them should be taxed at all anyway. So that's that's my libertarian stance on the issue. But um, I definitely don't think that corporations should have tax advantages. Um... I don't think that people should have tax advantages either. I just think that nobody, you know, if I guess if there's going to be a tax, it should be um, on, I, I just, I don't know. From my point on taxes, um, income tax is about the worst tax you can have because it taxes productivity, right? Worker productivity. And when you tax something, you get less of it. And when you, um, yeah, so if you're going to tax them, you're going to get less of it, right? So, I would say I've always been like a, kind of an advocate in some ways for a fair tax in that way. That's the that's the um, the twenty two percent consumption tax rather than any get rid of all taxes and just have that consumption tax. But I, I'm I'm not not necessarily for that tax. I just think that when you look at that, there's a lot of benefits to that consumption tax because you're not paying any like you can choose to be. Um, pay no taxes if you just don't consume right so obviously you're going to consume something but that's what i think um but anyway she has this idea that she wants to make the rich pay their fair share if they don't pay enough already um i just don't you know it's not like i've heard this before that the rich just kind of sit they just have a bunch of money sitting in their basement like scrooge mcduck um that's not true if you look at like a Jeff Bezos or somebody, you know, uh, Bill Gates, most of their money is tied up in their company assets, their stock. And it's not like they just, Bezos doesn't just have like, you know, $70 million just sitting around or $70 billion just sitting around hanging out. Um, the vast majority of his wealth is 
his company. So, but, you know, people don't really look into it deep enough, I guess. That's what I think. All right, so she wants to have the ultra, ultra millionaire tax. I talked about that in the past. Um, and I talked about how I think that that's a terrible idea. It would just disrupt the economy hugely. And like I said before, these ultra millionaires, it's really hard to distinguish what their wealth is. If you look at a painting on their wall, it might be worth, you know, a million dollars. Um, how are you going to, you know, have that person pay a tax on that million dollar piece of art? Um, are you going to have somebody come into their house every single year and audit their house for anything that they have? It's just not a realistic idea and it would totally um, end privacy in our in our country because what if because if you do it to the very very rich how do you determine who's the very very rich you have to do it to every single person and that is just you know totally unconstitutional if you want to if you want to use that argument which i have a hard time ever using that argument anyway you guys know that uh they want to have okay so she wants to have universal child care student loan debt relief and down payments on a green new deal and medicare that's how she's going to pay for th- pay for all this stuff with the ultra millionaire tax um we all know that that's just pie in the sky because this ultra millionaire tax is going to bring in like supposedly you know 20 billion dollars or something if that and it's going to cost trillions upon trillions of dollars to end student debt or give student debt relief give everyone child care and this green new dealer and medicare for all junk that they're talking about um but hey you know i'm open-minded so hey whatever um so let's move on she talks about strength in our democracy our democracy faces serious threats at home and abroad strengthening it will require dramatic change that starts with a constitutional amendment to protect the right of every american citizen to vote and to have that vote counted but it's but it's just the beginning so she wants the constitution amendment to um protect the right of all so she wants a constitutional amendment to make it so that everyone um, has the right to vote. Or is this one where they're going to have make everyone vote? I'm not sure. Um, that I've heard in some countries that they have like a mandatory where you have to vote. Uh, I would hate to see that come to America as well. Politicians are supposed. She goes on. Politicians are supposed to compete over how many voters they can persuade not how many citizens they can disqualify or demoralize. We must eliminate unnecessary and unjustified rules that make voting more difficult and overturn every single voter suppression rule that racist politicians use to steal votes from the people of color. We need to outlaw partisan gerrymandering by Democrats and Republicans. See, I can, I'm okay with getting rid of these racist rules and all that stuff for voter suppression, but that's a very subjective statement. And it assumes that all of these things are just racist, right? Um, but she's just using class class warfare at that point. And, um, yeah, that's what she's doing, is the, is the, um, the politics of, of dividing people up, right? Dividing people up into their types of groups, of color, of sex, of creed, and uh, playing on that. So, and you guys know how I feel about that as well. Our democracy is not for sale, she says. We need, we need to end the influence of big money on our elections. That means overturning Citizens United. Citizens United is the one where um, the Supreme Court said that corporations can donate money and, 
and you can set up like super packs. I guess that's where it came from, right? Um, you can have super packs where the corporation can do these political action committees can take these large donations. Um, you heard about it a lot in 2012 and in 2016. I haven't heard a lot about it lately. A lot of these Democrats are saying that they're not going to be taking super PAC money. We'll see where that goes, though. And then it says, and no more billionaire super PACs, she says. So when then she also says, when foreign governments so division, attack our democracy, and interfere in our elections, we must fight back and hold them accountable. And to prevent future attacks, we must reject the efforts of those with power to weaponize hatred and bigotry to divide us. Whether black, white, or brown, we all want a democracy where every American can participate and we're all in the fight to build an America that works for everyone. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a pie-in-the-sky statement because there's always going to be division. There's always going to be people that are... You can't outlaw somebody saying um, something that's divisive. I mean, that's that goes against the First Amendment. Um, if the First Amendment is just to protect popular speech, then we shouldn't even have it anyway. It's to it's to protect unpopular speech and any speech, uh, in my opinion. So, all right, so she goes on, e equal justice for all. Four words are etched above the Supreme Court, equal justice under law. That's supposed to be the promise of our justice system, but today in America, there's one justice system for the rich and powerful and another one for everybody else. It's not equal justice when a kid with an ounce of pot can get thrown in jail while a blank executive bank executive who launders money for a drug cartel can get a bonus i agree with this in some ways right like obviously um there needs to be equal justice under law it needs to be blind uh, i can go along with what she's saying we do need criminal justice reform i know donald trump did have a little bit of criminal justice reform going on so far and it needs to go a little bit further um and the drug war things of that nature right um so I, I can get on board with that. I think that's probably the only thing so far that I can get on board with Elizabeth Warren right now. And she says at the end, it won't be easy, but we'll make structural changes to fulfill the promise of our justice system. Our democracy demands it. Um, I think they need to change some of these federal laws and also some of these, especially the drug laws, man. They totally disproportionately hit African-American households way more then it hits, you know, just your your white kid on in the neighborhood. And if the white kid in the in the suburban neighborhood gets caught with pot, the cop just dumps it on the side of the road and says, "Don't do it again, kid." Slaps his hand and walks away. If it's the kid on the, you know, in the in a poor neighborhood riding his bike down the road and gets caught with a, you know, twenty sack of weed, um, you know, he's getting handcuffed, thrown in jail, and it's and it goes on his record, and then that permanent record, you know, destroys him. I actually saw this happen to somebody in uh, in my hometown when he was like 16. He got arrested. He was some pot possession, went on probation, violated probation when he was like 18. Uh, so you give him three years probation for pot possession, right? And then they violate probation, and for that violation of probation, you go to jail for a year because you're 18 now. Uh, you get out. You're on probation again. You violate again. You go back to jail for like another year and a half two or something like that and the next thing you know it's just a it's just a big circle of in and out of jail for what a possession of weed when you were a kid i mean come on man um that just blows my mind that that could even happen and uh it's just this consuming cycle but they want to get you into the system and that's the problem um 
because they want to get you into the system so they can have those fingerprints so they could um you know stay on top of you and it's it's a cycle that you never get out of once you're in it um and it's totally wrong totally wrong especially when it's just a bag of weed come on you know um so then let's go on with her foreign policy for all now this is the last thing that she puts on her on her website the last thing so it it tells you where her priorities are all right the very last thing is a foreign policy for all and she says this from endless wars that strain military families to trade policies that crush our middle class washington's foreign policy today serves the wealthy and well-connected at the expense of everyone else for too long our economic policies have left workers with short end of the stick we need to strengthen labor standards and then fight to enforce them that's why elizabeth will oppose trump's new nafta 2.0 unless he produces a better deal for america's working families it's time to stop prioritizing corporate profits over american paychecks a strong military should act as a deterrent so that most of the time we won't have to use it we must continue to be vigilant, vigilant sorry, about the threat of terrorism, but it's time to bring our troops home and make sure they get support and benefits they've earned. We should also leverage all the tools of our national power, not just our military might. That means cutting our bloated defense budget and ending the stranglehold of defense contractors on our military p policy. It means reinvesting in diplomacy and standing with our allies to advance our shared interests. It means new solutions to low new global challenges from cybersecurity to existential threat posed by climate change our strength abroad is generated here at home policies that undermine working families in this country also wrote our strength in the world it's time for a foreign policy that works for all americans not just wealthy elites so she brings that back all the time the wealthy elites the wealthy elites the wealthy elites and i just i mean i agree with the idea of bringing the troops home, I just wish that it was more of a center point of her campaign because that is just um, kind of like a, a postscript on this on this website, man. And, uh, you know, the most important issue is the fact that this country is, you know, mingling in affairs overseas and invading countries and all that stuff, man. And uh, when she puts that as the very last thing, it just shows where she's at, right? Um, but you know what? Her idea is to, her, she wants to create this class division in some ways and racial divisions and things of that nature. That's how she's looking to get elected, it seems like to me from looking at this uh, website. Um, but that's where, that's Elizabeth Warren's website. She wants you to donate 10 25 50 100 or 250 dollars if you can um and she's looking for volunteers as well so if that's what you want to do go for it um i'm a libertarian and i probably i don't like a lot of things that she says on there uh but hey that's that's who she is we already knew that she was a pop or she's a progressive and um she's probably one of the more popular candidates right now in this election cycle and we shall see where it takes her um Donald Trump has already given her a nickname, so she should feel very happy about that because she's the only one that has a nickname right now, and her name is, what do they call it, Pocahontas, I mean Elizabeth Warren. So that should make her feel good. It gives her a little bit of a center stage, um, and that's that. So, hey, guys, my name is Ray Eaton. 
Uh, I appreciate you listening to the show today. If it's your first time listening, I really appreciate you coming, and I really appreciate all of my listeners, actually. Um, Go ahead, if you can, subscribe to the show, uh, rate it, review it, um, and then come back tomorrow and have clear vision for the 2020 election, because that's what I'm trying to do for you guys, is give you all of the clear vision that you can have for this 2020 election on the candidates, the news, the information that's available. I will bring it to you five days a week, Monday through Friday. Here I am, I'm doing it today, and I will be back tomorrow. So come on back tomorrow and have clear vision for 2020.